Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Now, here we go. It's another big week in the NFL for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. This is the Buckswire Podcast, powered by USA Today Sports. Now, your host, Ryan O'Leary, and Buckswire editor, Luke Easterling. Luke, the only problem with doing a weekly podcast is sometimes news is just going to break right after you're done recording and after the thing goes and publishes, right? So we missed the AB news last week. We didn't get to talk about it. So I don't know. I've been waiting all week to talk about AB to the Bucks, and it sounds like reports are here on Tuesday morning or Tuesday afternoon here that he's officially signed with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on a one-year deal and could play as soon as week nine against the Saints. That is craziness. I mean, why not, Ryan, at this point? <laughs> but, you know, we there's Brady, there's Gronk, LaShawn McCoy, Leonard Ford, Anybody who hits the market that has any sort of name recognition whatsoever, we just assume they're going to end up in Tampa Bay, right? And I mean, you know, there were a million reasons why this one wasn't going to happen, right? I mean, we go back to March and we we see Bruce Arians saying literally flat out, it's not going to happen. We don't have room. We don't have money. You know, it's not a fit for us. I think later in the offseason, he was a little more clear about his problems with AB, you know, from a personality standpoint, called him too much diva. Sure. And, and I've asked Bruce point blank how much he has enjoyed having two guys like Mike Evans and Chris Godwin who are the opposite of that personality wise and he raves about it and you can kind of tell when he's talking about it that he's worked with some guys that haven't been that way uh, and I think AB is probably at the top of that list so there were a million reasons why it felt like this was the one that even though people would connect certain dots you'd be like this isn't going to happen because Bruce is not going to let that guy back into his locker room and I wrote it for Bucks Wire as soon as it, it came down over the weekend man this move proves when whether Bruce Arians wants to admit it or not, because he said uh, he said otherwise after the game on Sunday. He said that this is not a Tom Brady thing. He had no play in this decision whatsoever. I think we all know that's that's BS, man. I, I think Brady has a ton of pull, a ton of power, and when he wants a guy. He's going to make it happen. I think that's what happened here. I think Bruce Arians is basically just swallowing his pride here and, and understanding that I have some problem, you know, concerns about this, but I know what kind of player he is. Maybe Bruce does have confidence in their locker room culture and in Brady's presence within that, that they've created a space that is basically maybe A-B proof. I think that's a really risky move to make, especially when you see a performance they just had on Sunday where your number three wide receiver, Scotty Miller, goes for 109 and a touchdown and leads your team in receiving yards. They clearly don't need him to be successful. I think the big concern and the reason that kind of tipped the scales maybe for Arians is the injuries. They've had constant injuries at wide receiver, and that's maybe what tips the scales here, allows him to kind of swallow his pride and realize, hey, if we're going to win a Super Bowl, maybe I need to be able to, to sacrifice a little bit too. And who's no, who knows, man? It's just wild. It's been a wild season. Uh, who, who would have thought Brady would sign? Who would have thought Gronk would come out of retirement and get traded to Tampa Bay? So many of these things that keep happening. So when, when A.B. signs with the Bucks, you're like, of course. Yeah, of course just, he does. Just shrugging your shoulders, and, and it's a, just another Tampa Bay Buccaneers headline. And I love it. I love it. And I, we're going to talk about it all day here. And for me, yeah. So for me, the piece about 
Arian shooting down Brady having any involvement on this. And you just called it BS, Luke. And, and I could kiss you if I could see. If I, if I was in Tampa, I'd give you a kiss right now on the forehead. Let's not be crazy. It's COVID, COVID-19. I don't want to get you sick. I appreciate that. My wife, my wife appreciates it. <laughs> but I would give you a kiss because I agree 100%. Like, let's go back to last year. Brady got AB over uh, in New England. And AB came into practice. And I think Tom is still kind of horny over what he saw in practice, and in that one game, they got to play together against the Miami Dolphins where he caught the touchdown pass. And man, I think Brady's been known to have not the best receivers. He kind of makes star receivers like Julian Edelman, a guy that was a quarterback in college and drafted late in the draft, and he becomes a star receiver for Brady. Like He's got all kinds of examples like this. We've talked about that in previous uh, podcasts. Brady is still horny over that uh, those 11 days, Luke, because AB only lasted 11 days. We all know. It didn't, it didn't take long for the allegations to come out. He was accused of rape, and the Patriots cut ties with him immediately, and, and he intimidated, you know, he, he sent intimidating text messages, and that was it to, the, to one of these, his accusers, and goodbye. And it was 11 days, and it was gone. But I guarantee you, Brady still hasn't gotten over that. It, like, it still hasn't come down for him kind of thing. There's no way in hell, as you just said, that Brady had nothing to do with this. No way in hell. Brady had everything to do with this. I don't, think, I don't even think Bruce wants this guy, but when he talks about the insurance piece, he called it an insurance policy, right? With the injury to Chris Godwin, right? He's got uh, surgery on his index finger, broke his finger. Like, he's going to be out probably for a couple weeks. We know he's going to be out Monday night. So the insurance policy piece might come into play a little bit, but I, you're right. I, I just want to hit on that point you made. There's no way Brady didn't have any involvement in this. He had all the involvement in this. Adam Schefter even tweeted that he was the driving force. I'm starting to take, like, I can't take Bruce Arians at his word anymore. I, I don't believe Bruce when he tells me something because he's he holds, he reserves the right, Luke, to go back on his word. Bruce does. I stopped believing what Bruce Arians <laughs> had to say when he told us to our faces after the Giants game last year that he took the delay of game penalty on purpose on the game losing game winning field goal at the end of the game to back up five yards on purpose because the kick would be quote easier from farther back. (laughs) And I'll never forget this. Kudos to my friend, Greg Allman, who writes for the athletic. He was sitting right in front of me in the, in the press conference. And he said, I'm sorry. Did you say you took that on purpose? <laughs> we were all in literal disbelief yeah, that he said that to our faces, insulting our intelligence, right? Yeah, yeah. Bruce and is so, playing chess and everyone else is playing chess. Yeah, I mean, exactly. We literally were up in the press box like an hour later and we're all just laughing at each other about it. Like, are you kidding? Like, what is, come on. We don't, we don't buy that for a second. So I stopped believing him then. He said a couple other things since then. Uh, that just, you know, you can point, you, you can put the things together and connect the dots and realize that's just not what's going on. And listen, we get it. He's an NFL head coach. You got to, co- you got to coach speak from time to time. You understand it. But anybody, anybody with a brain who has, who has followed any of this parts of this situation know that what Brady wants, Brady gets. Uh, and there's honestly a darn good reason for that. This team is five and two. They haven't made the playoffs since 2007. Tom Brady's playing at an MVP level right now. Uh, and, you know, he's kind of the engine that has started this resurgence. And I think the the Bucks knew that when they had the chance to go get him. It's why they let Jameis Winston walk after throwing for 5,000 yards last year. Right. You know, it's all come together. But, I mean, come on, man. To, to pretend even publicly and outwardly that, that this isn't something that's been driven by Brady is just ridiculous. It is. No doubt. No doubt. And I think as a Bucks fan, the one thing that you can say that you love is that they're going all in, man. They're all in, Luke. They're going all in for the championship. And that, that part of it, I'm like, all right, you know, if you're going to bring in an a-hole like A.B., and he is an a-hole, and I want to get into that a little bit more, too, to, to bring him in and risk what he could do to your locker room and what 
kind of negative press that could bring on your team. And that's definitely in play here. You know, we'll have the AB watch. How long is he going to last? Is he going to last the whole season? Because you almost know something's going to come out. It's going to come out. Something's going to happen. It just follows this guy. But I do see, you do see the Bucks going all in for a championship. And I know you've been in, in Bucks country. You've lived there forever. That part, you got to be like, you got to co-sign on that part at least. Like, okay, we're all in. And as a fan, that's all you can ask from your team. Yeah, absolutely. I think that, you know, it's easy to, all you have to do is look at what's happening at, in other places throughout the league. Uh, Bruce had a really great comment after the game Sunday about Steve McClendon, who's the nose tackle that they just traded for from the Jets, right? He said the look on Steve McClendon's face in the locker room afterwards because that's the first game he's won all season. He played for the Jets all year. Oh, and just yes, to, yes. to see that look on a grown man's face when you're like, oh my God, it can feel like this on Sunday evening at 8 o'clock? Holy crap. Yeah, talk about awesome. ex- the extremes of the Jets to the Bucks, right? Jesus. Yeah, you know, and when you think about the AB move in those terms, in terms of a team realizing, listen, we got a, a two-year window, maybe, maybe one depending on, you know, what happens with certain players. They got all, you know, look at all the other offseason moves. Obviously, Brady and Grant kind of took the headlines, but look at the other moves that they made in retaining key players, right? They bring back Indomitian Sue on a one-year deal. He's playing way better than he even did last year. He was a solid presence for them last year. You bring back, you know, you had both of your pass rushers from last year were expiring contracts. You know, JPP and Shaq Barrett had 28 sacks between them last year, and and uh, and JPP missed some time uh, actually. So those guys were both expiring contracts. They brought Shaq back on the free on the franchise tag. They get JPP on another two-year deal. They've got Levante David. They've got Devin White. They've got that young secondary that continues to grow and come together. So there were so many things where they realized, listen, we've only got a year or two maybe to really maximize this very complete roster that we have. They're going to have to extend Levante David after this year. Chris Godwin's in a contract year. It's there's so many different things that you know. It's a, we've talked about the hockey thing before, right? The, the the cap hell that the Tampa Bay Lightning are in now after winning the cup is ridiculous. But they won the cup, so it doesn't matter. Right. So right. all of the hard decisions that the Bucks are going to have to make in the next year or two when it comes to extending these guys and making contracts are not going to matter if they have a Lombardi trophy to show for it. So I think the Bucks realize that. Jason Light, the general manager, the ownership, this has to be an entire team organizational structural philosophy that says we have got something special. We don't know how long we're going to be able to keep it together. So when an opportunity like this comes along, yes, there are huge questions. Yes, there are huge risks, but they make the move because they believe that they're that close and that every single thing that can get them just a little bit closer might be the difference between all of it coming together and giving you that championship or making you sit there in the offseason and wonder, man, if we had just made that one extra move, would we be in a different position right now? There's definitely that potential. You got to feel it because AB, his talent on the field is so unbelievably amazing. He's one of the mo- he's one of the funnest receivers to watch, and yeah, and we've been robbed of it over the last couple of years. But it's because of just him, the person. And there's a blow up factor on the field and off the field with this guy. And I want to talk about that a little bit more on the other side of the break. Luke and I will get into that part coming up next. Fantasy football is about proving that you are better than your friends. Sit him, start him. These are the fantasy picks of the week. It will kill me if this game ends in a tie. I need this win. This game's pretty much done. With Corey Bonini from thehuddle.com. 
Corey Benini with TheHuddle.com here. Let's talk about Week 8 strong plays as we approach the critical time of the fantasy football season. Despite what has been an awful season for Philadelphia Eagles quarterback Carson Wentz, now is the time to get him into your lineup. The Dallas Cowboys are actually a statistically mid-range defense against quarterbacks in 2020, but the position has still averaged 25.5 fantasy points per game and has thrown 15 touchdowns in 7 contests versus just 1 interception. Wentz has been a turnover machine in 2020. Expect that trend to be bucked this week. He has just enough weapons to be relevant in a fantasy football lineup. Not much has gone right for the New England Patriots on either side of the ball in 2020. Running back Damian Harris could be the bright spot this week against the Buffalo Bills. Injuries have plagued this defense, and Buffalo has given up 15% more fantasy points than average in the last three games, fueled by four touchdowns allowed in those three contests. With Cam Newton struggling so much throwing the ball, look for Bill Belichick to give it to the running game more than usual. The Seattle Seahawks have been a wealth of fantasy points for wide receivers in 2020. 49ers receiver Brandon Ayuk has a chance to shine in Week 8. Seattle has been hilariously bad against wide receivers in 2020, giving up 60.1 PPR points per game. The next closest team is Cleveland at 48.3. San Francisco just lost Debo Samuel for a couple of games with a hamstring injury last week, and you can bet Ayuk, who has been a consistent contributor as a rookie, will find various ways to perform up to par in fantasy football in Week 8. Seattle has to focus on containing George Kittle, and that will give a lot of opportunities for Ayuk to use his speed down the field. Chicago Bears tight end Jimmy Graham gets a rematch against his former employer facing the New Orleans Saints. Tight ends have scored once a game on average versus this defense, and four different players have logged at least a dozen PPR points against New Orleans in 2020. Graham doesn't even need a lot of volume in this one to offer a better than average chance at finding the end zone in week eight. For all of your fantasy football tips, information, news, and advice, be sure to check out thehuddle.com. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Another piece that Bruce said about AB in the signing that I didn't love and I don't take at face value is the fact that Bruce says, you know what, guys, I think AB, he's really matured. He's really matured as a person over these last 15 months, right? He's really, he's really figured it out. He's, he's a different guy. Luke, I know I've only been on the planet for 35 years, but I know from, you know, old college girlfriends, stuff like that. You know what I mean? Like just living life. People don't change in 15 months. They just don't. You know, that doesn't tend to happen. Maybe you can figure out little, you can fix little bits and pieces of your life, but to become a completely different, better person in 15 months, I don't know if I'm buying that. And the trail that AB has left behind him is, uh, it's, it's scary. And I mean, let's, let's think about over the last 15 months where Brown has, has, uh, I guess in Bruce's, in Bruce's opinion, he has matured over the last 15 months. Brown has had two rape allegations, one assault on a moving truck driver. He also posted this really horrifying Instagram live where he was just yelling obscenities at police officers outside his door. Three teams, including the Raiders last year in the Patriots, just, they ate money and they, 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 they lost guaranteed money. They, they probably hurt their own chances just to get they rid ate of the draft guy. picks. Yeah. Eight they draft traded picks. picks. <laughs> right. Draft picks, money, just to get rid of this guy. And for, for me, I'm thinking on, on Sunday, John Gruden running across the field to shake Bruce's hands after, you know, that blowout loss to the Bucks, and just shaking his hands and being like, Bruce, don't do it, brother. Don't do it. Don't bring him in. Don't do him in. Exactly. Exactly. It's almost like John just telling Bruce, Bruce, don't do this because the blow up factor with this guy, Luke, is real. It is real. He's just not a good person. 
and he's got a lot of proving it to do before we could start calling him that and before we could start saying he's matured he's really got to prove it first so I, I i don't know that comment by bruce saying that all of a sudden he's figured it out and he's a better person he's matured there's n- just there's no way to say that right now so I, I, that was another one where i'm like no 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 bruce don't do that to me bro no 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 no, no. i don't want to hear it what do you think yeah you know i think that i i guess i just think he better be right you know, you, if you're gonna if you're gonna put your neck out there for a guy like that, no again, doubt. a guy that just months ago you said was too much diva that it's never gonna happen, he's not gonna come play for your team, and now he is. A few months later, you just better be right again. That you know, there are so many really, really disturbing things, allegations, things that we saw for our own eyes. Like you said on Instagram Live, he's yelling at you know cops, yelling at his, the mother of his children, you know, saying horrible things. Like there's just so many things that. That made a lot of us think over the time, like, man, this this guy just needs help. You know, I mean, he's he's clearly in a, in a difficult spot and could use, you know, some help. It looks like he's really struggling with some things. So I, I think that, you know, when, when it comes to what the Bucks are doing, and, and I, I think that, you know, uh, Jenna Lane, who reports on the Bucks for ESPN, brought it up to Bruce after the game. He, you know, she asked, you know, he, he's been kind of on the forefront of a lot of celebrating, you know, women in the NFL and, and wanting to open opportunities for, for women at that level. And yep. she asked him point blank. Yep, great question. You know, what do you say to your your female fans who maybe you know, are struggling with this move and having a problem with a guy like this being on the team? And you know, obviously he you know had probably more coach speak for that, talking about the second court chances, systems and allowing chances. Yeah, you know, allowing the legal system to kind of you know d- decide that. But you know, it's a struggle. It's it's a struggle for anybody who who kind of looks at at the at the paper trail and sees kind of the evidence of what. I mean, look at just the NFL investigation. The NFL you know found enough you know evidence to those allegations to suspend him for half a season. You know, he's not even going to be eligible to play until week nine because of that suspension. So it's just, you know, it's a lot of the same stuff. Honestly, we dealt with with the Jameis Winston, you know, a couple of different instances that he had both before the Bucks drafted him and after the Bucks drafted him. I don't know what to say about it, man. It's just it's it's a big risk. It's a very risky move. It's a move that, again, kind of requires some explaining to, to fans that really don't appreciate having players with this type of, you know, history off the field. There's a lot of big questions to it. Again, they're they're separate off the field issues too you have that the legal side of things and the more disturbing allegations and then you do have the stuff as a teammate you have I've written about some of it already this week you know you the you know recording and live streaming private locker room conversations yeah, yeah, with your yeah. head coach you know yeah, and, and yeah. having big beefs with your teammates that blow up you know there there are levels to the off-field concerns here with antonio brown that are just a lot more than even just the normal guy that maybe you know i'm, I'm a draft guy so you know you go through the draft and you go oh this guy you know, failed a, a drug test once or this missed a meeting or, you know, it's way beyond that here. We have really, you know, genuine concerns uh, off the field with Antonio Brown. But again, I mean, we've been following this game for a long, long time, man. Winning covers a lot. Uh, and, and again, if the Bucks, if he plays well, if he does what he did in New England for that one week, you know, every couple of weeks in, in campaign gets those limited roles. If the Bucks continue to win, I guarantee you that more and more Bucks fans will convince themselves that they are okay with the rest of it because the team's winning. That's just the way it goes. If he keeps his head on straight and the shiny trophy comes out at the end, you're right. We can say something different, but we haven't even mentioned uh, Gruden. AB signs the big contract in the offseason, goes ahead and uh, burns his feet in a cryogenic chamber and then tries to fight the GM. And they just get him out before he even plays a game. That's why I was saying, you know, to those who don't know that story, Gruden telling Bruce, don't do it, Bruce. Don't do it. Hey, hey, just make sure he has the helmet he wants. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. It is helmet. Oh, there's always something with this guy. So that's the most interesting thing. I mean, it's hard to make the 
the Bucks more interesting, Luke. But that is this just makes them even more interesting. It's so great. On some sides of it, I hate it, but on other sides, I just freaking love it as a football fan and as a sports geek. Mike Evans on one side, out wide, A B out wide on the other side, Godwin in the slot. This, this team is a shot. Madden Forget roster, it. man. It's a Madden fantasy oh, draft at this point. God, man. is that unbelievable? Oh my god, the talent. We won't have A B this weekend. Uh, against the Giants on Monday night. We won't have Chris Goblin because of the finger injury, but it's not going to matter against the New York Giants. I'm going to tell you why with Luke coming up next. It's that time again for the line of the week. The inside track to the favorites, the underdogs, and the over-unders. I think I want my money back. Now, here are Jeff Clark and Eston McLaren from USA Today's Sportsbook Wire. Hello, I'm Esther McLaren of Sportsbook Wire and Bet Flippin' Podcast. I'm joined by Jeff Clark to break down all you need to know to bet on the Week 8 Monday Night Football matchup between the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and New York Giants. The Bucks at 5-2 and two are favored by 10.5 points with minus 115 odds. The Giants, 1-6, and six, are getting 10.5 points at home, minus 106 odds. They're also plus 390 on the money line. Jeff, is there any way listeners can take the Giants in this game? Oh, absolutely. I'm on the Giants plus 10.5. Tampa Bay will be without uh, one of its best wide receivers in Chris Godwin. And the Giants have covered seven over the last eight when getting double digits since 2004, including earlier this year against the Los Angeles Rams, who are a good team. Get out of here. The Giants' offense, an absolute mess. The Bucks. They have won every game by at least seven points, four by at least 14 points, five different leading receivers. That Giants defense doesn't have it to stop them. Subscribe to Bet7 Podcast on your favorite app. Please be sure to rate and review. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. As I tease there, Luke, it's not going to matter against the Giants that Godwin's out because the Giants' O-line is an embarrassment, and Daniel Jones is really struggling, and the Giants are obviously struggling. They're 1-6. The Bucks' defense have been opening eyes. I think the national audiences are starting to come around with, whoa, this team is... We've been talking about the offense and AB this entire podcast episode, but the defense is still there, and it's one of the best in football, and I just feel like they're going to feast on Daniel Jones all game long. The only thing that kind of sucks about this one is it's on Monday night. Like, this one should be one o'clock Sunday at 1 p.m. Eastern, that type of deal. I don't think this deserves to be the Monday night because this could be a shellacking. It, it really could. I think they're going to feast. What do you think? I tell you what, I, I hope so. And I say that because if you look back to the Thursday night game against the Bears, I, I kind of had a similar feeling about that. I know the Bears had a way better record. I think they were both 3-1 and at the time, but the Bears were ugly. I mean, they were really not doing a whole lot, and I think they proved that with the way they played You know, this past week against uh, against the Rams on yeah, Monday night. Yeah, that was bad. It, I felt like that was an opportunity for the Bucks to say, hey, we're humming right now. We are you know, we won three games in a row. We're going to be on national TV. It's our first of five primetime games. This is the chance to say, hey, we're the Bucks. We've arrived, and they completely fell flat, man. They looked ugly. The, the offensive line didn't play well, which, again, real quick to go back to where we were talking about before with, with the weapons that they have yeah. the unsung hero of this season so far is the offensive line brady's been sacked eight times in seven games he's been sacked zero times in four different games this year 
that offensive line is the reason that these weapons are being able to take advantage of. Yeah, so, yeah. you know, that that's the opposite, the flip side of what the Giants are dealing with, right? I look at this game as a perfect opportunity for the Bucks on Monday night because it is prime time to say, hey, the last two weeks have not been a fluke. We destroyed Aaron Rodgers and the Packers who were undefeated. We went out to Vegas, a team that was coming off not just a win over the Chiefs, gave them their first loss, defending Super Bowl champs, but then went into a bye week, had an extra few days to prepare for the Bucks. And the Bucks hung 45 on them. Number one scoring team in the NFL now, by the way. There's everything points to the Bucks absolutely destroying a big market team on the road in New York, you know, on, on Monday Night Football. And if you're a Bucks fan, that has to scare the living daylights out of you. Because usually when that happens, the Bucks figure out a way to play down to their opponents. And I think one thing the Bucks fans have started to become maybe cautiously optimistic about this season is that when those moments have happened, whether in the game, if you feel a game starting to get away, it happened again Sunday, right? With the with the Raiders, 24-20. After being up 21-10 at halftime, you felt the game kind of slipping away. Then they put their, you know, the foot on the gas and they score three touchdowns in a row and, and they blow them out, right? So there have been a bunch of moments this season where the Bucks have proven, hey, we are not the same Bucks. We are not the Bucks that you're used to. It's a, it's a, it's a new day in Tampa Bay. We are going to prove that we are going to handle situations differently. And I think that's what Bucks fans are hoping to see Monday night. They're hoping to see their team go out and do what a five and two team should do to a one and six team, which is absolutely blow them out of the stadium. You know, I'm excited for Monday night's game. Uh, you know, I love, I love Brady and, uh, the Giants have been his kind of kryptonite in his career. Patriots fans have some bad memories against the Giants. So uh, I'm always going to watch Brady and hope he shreds the Giants. But it's two weeks, man. It's it's the Saints game. I'm already – I can't help myself. I'm already looking ahead. I am. I can't help it. I can't help it. That's the one, right? That's, yep. you know, yep. they're in they're in first place in the NFC South, but not by much. It's a half a game right now, and the Saints already have a win over them in terms of tiebreakers. So, you know, the, the Bucks are going to – that's going to be the test, right? I mean, obviously you, you beat this snot out of the Packers and that tells you you're at a certain level. You you replicate kind of that performance against a good team in the Raiders, and you're like, okay, we've got something here. The Giants aren't going to tell you anything, right? The, the, you're not going to learn anything about yourself in a positive way. You might learn how far away you think you, you from where you thought you were right. if you struggle against a team like that. Yep. But even if they go out and, and, and beat the shoes off the Giants, it's not going to tell them anything they didn't already know, right? It's all going to come down the next week, which, again, I think is another Sunday night football game. Uh, national TV, this one's at home. This one is, you know, and again, at this point in the season, we've got some fans in the audience um that's going to make a, a little bit of a difference compared to when they played with nobody in the stands in, in new orleans that's the game it's it's right after the mid-season mark assuming again if the bucks win that giants game you're talking about six and two at the break that's going to be for the 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 lead in the division man and, and it, it's going to be a completely different feeling for the bucks if they win that game they go seven and two now they've you know split with the saints and that's a huge lift as opposed to if they lose that game at home in front of a national audience and now they're zero and two against the Saints. They get swept. That hurts, man. Yeah, so it's man. it's that's that's the game, right? That's the big one. And that's the game, and and Antonio freaking Brown could be on the field that game. So just just I can't hey, wait. Hey, man. Ryan, think wait. about the rest of that schedule, man. They got the Rams. They got the Chiefs. They've oh. got you know some difficult opponents down that second half. Now they still get to play Atlanta twice, which helps. Yeah. Um. But you know they have some tough teams and matchups down the stretch here where they really need to continue to build on that confidence and, and a deflating loss. To New Orleans in that situation would really, really ding them up, I think. Oh, man, I can't wait. I can't wait. Hey, great stuff this week, Luke. I really appreciate you. Have a great week, all right? Hey, you too, man. Had a lot of fun, as always. 
This USA Today Sports podcast has been presented by USA Today's Sports Media Group and is available in your favorite podcast store. Make sure to subscribe for weekly updates, the latest fantasy picks from Corey Bonini, and the Huddle Podcast, Inside the Weekly Line, with Sportsbook Wire's Jeff Clark and Eston McLaren, and the Bet Slippin' Podcast. We'll see you again next week. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.